Hi, thanks for checking out this message from our River Valley Church family here in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. For more messages, be sure to check out our other podcasts. For more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Come on, me too. I'm excited just about what God's doing both in our church, but in our city, in our valley. Um, we have a really unique opportunity this week to see God do some extraordinary things in the lives of kiddos. And so I just want to invite you. We'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. Uh, but for all you dads in the house, I just want to say Happy Father's Day to you. Um, can we give the dads a hand? Yeah. You know, I don't know about you, but in my journey of life, I have yet to meet the perfect father. Anybody met that one yet? Uh, at least in this world and in this life, we all recognize very clearly that being in human nature, we make lots of mistakes as fathers, um, whether you're a biological dad, adopted dad, um, or you're working in the space of being spiritual fathers in people's lives. We make mistakes in that journey, and that, that oftentimes can tweak us a little bit in this journey and process. But here's what I want to remind you of, that God didn't make us perfect because He's perfect. What we get to do is we get to... a, a come under the covering of the grace of God in our lives. So dads and moms and dads and those of you that are spiritually leading in people's lives, uh, I want to remind you that the Lord's never looking for perfection out of you. He's just looking for a humble heart. And that's one of the things I'm super grateful for about the community that we have here at River Valley and and uh, just the community of people that we get to do life with. Um, I don't know any perfect men that I do life with, but I know a lot of men that are asking God for a lot of help. And I'll hang out with those guys anytime because that's the place where we get to experience really the grace of God intersecting our lives um, and where we get to really model to our family and our community what it's like to know and experience the grace of God being actively alive in us. And nothing will do that more for you than being a parent, maybe being a spouse, but being a parent is probably second only to that of just really teaching us about the love of God. So super glad that we get to be here today. Like I mentioned, um, and Zach did, we're getting ready to jump into a, a really important week for us as a church where we get to expose our kids to a concentrated time of celebrating and understanding God in some different ways in their life. And we do our kids' day camp every year. This is actually our 20th year of doing these day camps. Come on now. And we have seen kids um, lives radically transformed in these places where they get to experience the love of God. People put a lot of time and energy and effort into a lot of different things in the world. My kids are involved in athletics and all those kinds of spaces. And I see parents and grandparents pour lots of time into sports thinking their children are going to be become Major League Baseball players or NFL athletes or all of these things. You know what the funny part is? Is less than 1% of college athletes get the opportunity to do that, let alone your kiddos. But we put a lot of time into those spaces. I don't, I'm thankful for them. I think they're a great platform and you know, opportunity to be able to learn teamwork and all those things. But can I tell you, the most important things that we invest in our kids' lives is in their spiritual development and growth because that's what's going to last forever. And so what we get to do this week is a unique opportunity. This week we're going to be talking about the stellar love of God and just you can see kind of the platform up here. But we're going to talk about just the beauty and wonder of what God's created. And next week you'll get to hear a recap of that. But I want to encourage you to be praying for our kids this week. I know Zach already did that, but I just want to call your hearts to that. Um, from a pastoral standpoint, my heart to yours. Whatever you find yourself doing this week from about 9 a.m. in the morning till noon, 
Um, would you listen to the Holy Spirit? Because I think He's going to lead you into some prayer over some kids' lives. Because some kids are going to find eternal hope in their life this week. There's kiddos that are going to make a decision for Jesus Christ that's going to change their life forever. There's families that are going to be transformed because of it. There are people that are in our church today because of this VBS. Their kids came, had a blast, found Christ, um, and now they are attending a church and finding life-giving hope in community and relationship both with this, this group of people, but also with Jesus Christ. We know that some of these kids will come this week. This will be their only exposure to the good news of the gospel. And then they're going to go home to families who don't know much about Christ. And so we're going to believe for the power of God to go with them in those moments and to lead them in their lives. Amen? God's very capable of that, to bring teachers and other people into their life that can breathe on that. And so I just want to encourage you this week, be praying over these kids and, and the staff and just all the volunteers that come to pour in these kids' lives because it's going to be incredible. We want to remind you to be here next Sunday because we're going to do kind of a celebration time together and then we're going to do a big barbecue. I think there's water slides and all kinds of stuff. So come next week very relaxed. That means you should wear shorts and comfortable clothes. I'm not even joking. You can do that at church. God doesn't mind. Uh, but you can wear shorts, just comfortable stuff next week. Bring a lawn chair, and um, I think you guys are responsible for side dishes. We're bringing everything else as a church family. And so come, have a blast next week. Come planned, ready to relax for a little bit after service, and hopefully it won't be raining. Amen? What's going on in June? What's up with our weather here, huh? Uh, but we're going to have an extraordinary week ahead of us, and so I'm excited for it. Um, again, please be praying for all that God wants to do in this place. We're in a series this summer called True Identity, and we are spending some time in the book of Ephesians, and we're really exegetically walking through Scripture here a little bit and just seeing what God might want to speak to you. And how many of you know that God's Word is living and active? It's not just this passive thing that we open up every once in a while and hope that we find a great nugget for our day. And, and that's not what the Word of God is about. The Word of God is about transforming you and I into the image of Christ. It's alive and it's at work. The challenge with the Word of God is, is that we've got to be in it and it's got to be in us. Amen? So it doesn't do us any good to be people that know about God's Word. We've got to be people that are living in it and it's coming alive in us and transforming our lives. And that's really what we're talking about this summer as we go through the book of Ephesians is really this underlying message that we are in Christ. And for those of you that don't know what that means, we're going to try and unpack it a little bit more today. And we're just asking you to come back every Sunday. And we're going to, all throughout the summer, we're going to be unpacking what it means to have our identity not found in what we do, not found in what we fail in or succeed in, but in what Jesus did for us on the cross. When we find our identity in Christ, how many of you know it gets a lot better for us? Amen? And so as we're in this journey, we want to go through the book of Ephesians and we're, we're asking the Holy Spirit to really teach us some things about who we are in Christ because that's really the heart of what Paul was speaking to this early church. He was trying to get them to, to understand that their identity didn't come in slavery or in being a Roman citizen or being a Jew or any of these things, that their identity came in what Jesus Christ did for them. And so we're unpacking that a little bit together. Zach did an amazing job last week. I don't know, I think most of you guys were here. We were actually celebrating my wife's birthday in Disneyland last week. Oh, I know, it was hard work, but somebody had to do it. 
We had my wife's birthday, and then Pastor Chris's birthday was on Saturday. And Mark and Wendy were with us. Mark's birthday's coming up here in June. So we just had a birthday party down at Disneyland. How many of you know it's supposed to be the happiest place in the world? Can I tell you, I saw a lot of very unhappy parents there, so I don't know what's going on, but it's false advertisement, I'm telling you that. Uh, but no, we had a blast together, but we, we, we've been talking about this place of identity, and Zach really brought us into a powerful place last week of reminding us that what God tells us is that we are chosen, adopted, and loved. Everybody say chosen. Adopted. Loved. Man, you guys are here this morning. This is going to be fun. We are chosen, adopted, and loved by the best father of them all, by the only father that can claim perfection in everything that he does. And I love that we're digging into that in this season and time because we, we live in a world that's pretty challenged by that space, really understanding identity and purpose. And so we're, we're going to dig into this this morning. We've got way more verses to read through today. Zach covered, what, two? How many did you get through last? Two? Three. See, I did two the week before, he did three. We're going to do a few more than four today. Is everybody with me on that? So we're going to be reading through some scripture. So if you've got your Bible, I want you to open up to the book of Ephesians, and we're going to be getting to there in just a second. But we're talking about this space of true identity, and I want to make this declaration over us today, just so that our hearts get calibrated to a right space. Identity comes completely from the Father who created you. I want you to hear that this morning. Identity comes completely from the Father who created you. He's not confused about who you are, nor what He created you to do. I want you to hear that this morning. God's not confused or wondering. You may be wondering, and you might be confused, but God is not. He created you specifically with beautiful intent and purpose, and He invited you to be a part of His family because of His incredible love for you. I love what we just saw, the intro to our series here, David did such a great job of putting that together. And I love hearing those declarative statements of each of those folks as they were saying that I'm in Christ, I'm chosen, I'm adopted, I'm blessed, I'm saved, I'm gifted, I'm victorious. How many of you know that oftentimes we say those things or we think those things, but we don't actually believe those things? And that's the work of Scripture and the Holy Spirit in our lives to take it from something that's here and to put it into here, right? To put it into the place where we, we actually believe what God's Word says about us and our identity in Christ. That's what we're working on all summer long is allowing the Holy Spirit to come and do some cultivating work in our hearts to transform the way that we think. And then what will happen is when the, the way that we think is changed, the, the way that we live will change. And so this is what we're asking the Holy Spirit to do in our lives is to transform us. And I don't know about you guys, but as I've been watching these bumper videos, and I didn't tell her I was going to do this because she would have told me no, but every time I've listened to Amanda Tanner in these videos begin to make those declarations, man, you can just feel the passion inside of her. Like you can just sense inside of her that, that the Holy Spirit's doing this beautiful work in her of teaching her to believe what she's saying. I don't know if you've watched her up on the screen, but every time there's tears filling her eyes and there's, there's just so much that's behind that. And the reason for that is, is because like her, all of us are wrestling and walking through living in the identity of who God says that we are. And so sometimes when we say those words, we're saying them out of a place of faith, 
not actually out of a place that we're living out of yet. And this is what Paul was speaking to the early church and why he was sowing these things into the heart of the church of Ephesus is because they were wrestling with the very same things that you and I wrestle with. And how many of you know God's not not intimidated by that fact? He just invites us deeper into His love to believe more and more what He says about us is true. And sometimes, sometimes the only way that we get to that place is by making a declaration with our mouth over and over and over again. Because we hear so many words from the external world around us telling us such different things, doesn't it? I don't know. I've never heard the world say that you're chosen, you're loved, you're blessed, you're gifted. You don't hear that in the world, right? The world is constantly bringing all of these things of what we need and what we're lacking in and what we don't have, the failures that we are, and all of that. And the love of the Father is actually speaking to us something totally different. He's inviting us into something new. I want you to think about the world that we live in today. I'm setting you up this morning because the world that we live in today is stripping people of their identity and trying to get them to find identity in things that aren't even real. Trying to get them to find identity in maybe the things that they do or even giving them a false identity and stuff that's crazy. I I just think about what our kids are facing in the schools that they're in when when we can, we can be confused about our genders, but not only about our genders, about this reality that people can be, be an animal if they want to be. For those of you that haven't spent much time around the, the, the school systems right now and what's going on there, kids are allowed to be what are called furries. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's literally encouraging kids or people to be whatever is in their heart or mind that day. If they feel like they're a cat, go for it. If you feel like you're a polar bear, knock yourself out. Like you can do that. And they're actually creating spaces in the school for kids to go into to be able to have like, have like those moments to be in that space. Can I, can I just help us today? There's something seriously wrong with that. When we are confusing kids about their true identity because we're promoting inside of their heart and mind, you can be whatever you want. I need to help us here this morning. You can't be whatever you want. Because God has already made us with very clear intent and design. I'm probably making some people mad today. That's okay. You need to hear the truth of God's Word. Because this is the problem in our world today. This is why people are wrestling with all of the anxiety and fear and frustration. This is why suicide's at an all-time high. This, these are why we're wrestling with these things in our culture. Because our culture is telling us, you can be an animal. No, you can't. Because you were created by God to be human. That is very different than being an animal. And God created us with that kind of intentionality. And the world around us is trying to get us confused about all of those things. And this is what needs to happen in the church and the body of Christ is where we stand up and say, hey, listen, we love people, but here's the truth about who we were created and designed to be. We are children of God. Loved with purpose and intent given emotion and feeling and creativity, all the things that God's put in us, but we don't get to define for ourselves who we are. God's already done that for us because He's a wonderful Father and a great Creator. Amen? You guys with me this morning? Here's the reason why the devil wants to mess with your identity, because if he can mess with your identity, then he can get you to question who you are in Christ. And This is why we're setting a deep foundation this summer of saying no, 
We're going to firmly root and ground ourselves in the fact that we are in Christ Jesus. We are created by God for purpose. Amen? Because here's the devil's plan. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Every part of your life, your identity, your hope, your purpose, your love for others, the understanding of who God's created, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy all of that because if he can get you to live in confusion, then he will keep you away from the purposes of God for your life. Here's what Jesus said, I came to give you life. We get all worried about what the devil's doing. Can I just tell you, if we'll just set our eyes on Jesus, if we'll just be reminded of his goodness and his love for us, if we'll open up our hearts to the truth of God's word, man, we get to live in an identity that the world will shoot at constantly and we can just keep on moving right along in who he is and who we are. Amen, church? That's why this right here is so important. That's why the Word of God is so important in our lives. It's not an ancient book. It's a book that is alive and active, transforming us into the image of Christ. And so as we learn and as we grow, as we open it up this summer, we're asking for God to come and do a beautiful work in our hearts. And I just want to pray over us as we enter into Scripture this morning that we wouldn't just read words on a page, but we would open up our hearts to hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us today. Amen? Father, we thank you for the power of your word. Lord, that it is alive and active. And Lord, as we open it today, Lord, we invite your Holy Spirit, God, to speak to us. Lord, that we would see clearly our design and purpose in you. And Lord, that we would live with such purpose and joy out of that, God. Lord, because we would live in the identity that you created for us. A true identity as your sons and your daughters, God. Lord, bless your word as it is read today. Lord, may it come and bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 is where we're going to start out this morning. We're going to read kind of two portions of this, and they both contain some different spaces for us. So as I read, I just want to kind of invite you along with me on this journey. I'm going to be reading out the New Living Translation. You might have something different that you're reading out of, but let me, let me get us started here. It says, verse 6, So we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. Come on, how many of you guys are thankful for that grace this morning? He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. Man, there should be a big amen in here this morning. Come on now. He has showered His kindness on us along with all wisdom and all understanding. Let me say this to you this morning. God did not leave you ill-equipped. He did all the work. He sent His Son Jesus to die on a cross so that you could have forgiveness of your sins, that you could experience grace. Come on now. So that you don't have to pay the, the, the debt of our sin any longer. That is where we get to stand in Christ. He did not leave you ill-equipped. He made all the provision for you and I to live the life that He's invited us to. Verse 9 goes on to say, God has now revealed to us His mystery, uh, His mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill His own good plan. Whose good plan? His good plan. I want to help you this morning. I know you have a plan for your life, but God's is better. And you say that one more time. I think there's a couple of us in here that don't believe that. I know you have a plan for your life, parents, grandparents. I know you have a plan for your children and grandchildren, but God's plan is better. 
So what we get to learn to do is lean into God's plan and trust that His will will be better for your and I's life. Amen? Come on, this is a trust thing, right? This is a trust thing, but it requires us leaning into the goodness of God. Verse 10, and this is the plan. At the right time, He will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, that is a powerful phrase right there. Because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for He chose us in advance. The best news that you've heard today, that we are united with Christ, and you have an inheritance in God because, listen, you were chosen. Not abstractly happening from some random thing that happened in the universe. You were chosen by God to receive this beautiful inheritance, and He makes everything work out according to His plan. To whose plan? And who's working it out? He is. Come on, I'm trying to take some weight off you this morning. Because there's a lot of us that are working really hard to try and make the plan of God happen for our life. And I'm not saying that we don't have a part to play in it, but He initiates it, He sustains it, He gives us the power for it. Guess what we get to do? Yield to it. Submit to it. Trust Him in it. His plan will take place in our lives. Amen? I'm not making this up. I'm just reading Scripture here. Verse 12. God's purpose was that we Jews were the first to trust in Christ. Remember, Paul's speaking here. Would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles, that's us in the room, amen, have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. Have you noticed this morning that Paul's trying to make an emphasis on this space, that God's doing the work, and that you and I just get to be partakers in it. Amen? And I'm not saying there's not stuff for us to do. We'll get to that part of Scripture. But what I am saying is it initiated with Him. We've got to get that settled in our hearts, church, because if we feel like that we can earn this from God, this will be the most miserable journey of faith that you'll ever be on. Because that means all the responsibilities on you. All the oomph's got to come from you. And as you see here in just a second, there's a deposit that God put on us that actually empowers us to do what He's called us to do. For, uh, it's, it continues on to say, And when you believe in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you what? The Holy Spirit, whom He promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this so that we could praise and glorify Him. Church, we just read some of the most powerful Scriptures in the Word of God. Of declaration, of identity, of purpose, of understanding who we are, and all of it originates in the person of Jesus Christ and the work that He did for us. It's the gospel in action right here. Paul was explaining to, this, to the church of Ephesus because they lived in a culture much like ours where they were wrestling with identity. They were finding identity in everything else but what God said they were. And so Paul was bringing instruction through the Holy Spirit to them, and the Holy Spirit is bringing instruction to us today 
on this true identity that He's invited us into. And then Paul goes on to talk about this incredible deposit of the Holy Spirit. I need you to listen to this next section because it's going to be the crux of where we're going today. God has a power for you and I to live in that does not come from us. Verse 15 says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. How many of you know that's a father's heart right there? Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Can I help you with something? That's what your pastoral team at this church prays over you consistently. We want you to grow in your knowledge and experiential relationship with God in your life. We want it to not be just a religious thing that you experience every once in a while on a Sunday morning, but every morning as you get up that you experience the working and the, the, the tangibleness of God's Spirit working in you, and that your knowledge of Him, your understanding of Him, who He is in your life is growing constantly. Verse 18, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope He has given to those He called His holy people who are, rich and glor- who are His rich and glorious inheritance. Now I need you to tune in with me this morning. I know we've read some Scripture. I need you to take a breath. Refresh here for a moment, because we're going to dig into some Scripture here that's going to set a foundation for us. Verse 19, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in Him. I just want to help you this morning. This isn't a casual belief. The Greek word there actually calls us to a place of devoted entrustedment to Him. Devoted and trusted. When we say that we believe, it's not just this right here. I need you to be with me this morning. Believing is not just what you think. Believing is where you place your confidence and trust. When they say in in Scripture there, they're talking about believing in Christ. It's not just saying, yeah, I know He was here at some point in time and that's good. That's not belief. Belief changes the way that we live. That's what Paul's talking about here. He's saying, listen. This incredible power that's alive and active in you is alive and active in you because you've put belief. You've entrusted yourself to this person of Jesus Christ and the work that He wants to do in you. goes on to say, this is the same mighty power. Come on, dial in with me. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now He is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the worlds to come. You have to understand that what Jesus purchased on the cross goes far beyond just the forgiving of your sin, but it gave Him dominion and power and authority over every principality, over everything that we experience in this world that we feel like is victorious over us, The Word of God is here telling us that we are now in Christ who is victorious over all those things. Whoo, I feel better. I needed to get that out this morning. You need to hear that this morning. There's a power that's at work inside of you and I that literally raised a dead man out of the grave. That's what we have access to. It goes on, verse 22, I love this. It says, God has put all things under the authority of Christ. Not past tense, present tense. God has put 
all things under the authority of Christ. And he has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. Who's the church? You and me. So God's put all authority under Christ for your benefit, for my benefit. Come on, this should be getting you in the place of going, man, I feel like I've been losing a lot. Maybe I'm losing because I'm believing the wrong thing. You are. You're believing the wrong thing. Because God has given you everything that you need through Christ to live victorious in your life. That doesn't mean everything's going to be easy. It just simply means we have the victory. Amen? goes on to say, verse 23, and then we're finishing out here. And the church is His body. It is made full and complete in Christ who fills all things everywhere with Himself. I love how the closing of that doesn't leave any room for anything other than Christ and us being in Him. Whatever you're wrestling with in your mind, whatever you're struggling with in your head, yeah, but, but what about this space of my life? And what about this family member? Nobody has any of those family members. What, what about our government? Oh, my word. Scripture's telling us, listen, Christ is in all of this stuff, and He has authority over it all. We are in Him, so therefore, by proxy, we get that same authority in our lives. Come on, church, you've got to... You've got to begin to see yourself differently. This is how we get messed up in this life, is we believe the lies the enemy tells us about who we are instead of believing the truth of what God wor- God's Word says that we are. This power that is at work in us is literally empowering you and I to do everything that we say we can't do. That one landed with us this morning. Everything that we wrestle with, let me help you this morning, every addiction, Every struggle, every identity problem, every fear, every bit of anger, every loss, every porn habit, every pain. Come on, I could go all day. Everything that we wrestle with in our life, all of those things that are constantly trying to get us to find identity in them. I'm a fearful person, or I'm an angry person, or I'm a this, or I'm a that. All of those things are imprinted marks from sin in this world and who the world says that you are, God says that you're victorious in Christ. He says that you have all authority. The same power that raised Christ from the dead, you got to get this this morning, is alive and at work inside of you and me. And listen, I'm, I'm up here today as a work in progress of this right here. I'm not up here as a completed work. I'm not up here trying to, trying to make you feel like, oh, I got this all figured out, and I'm living in perfect victory. I'm not. But what I do know is that the truth of God's Word and what He says about me is more true than the lies that I've believed about my life. And so as I live my life, we get, you and I get the opportunity to take on belief in Him that allows us to entrust ourselves to Him and allows our perspective on this life to change. That's what we need. That's what we need. And that's what Paul was speaking to here. This Holy Spirit's power that's working us, making us victorious. But listen, we have to yield to the work of the Holy Spirit in us. It's not just enough to mentally ascend there. It's not even enough for you to sit here and agree with me this morning. There has to be something that transforms on the inside of us and in our mindsets of how we view who we are in Christ. And here's what I want to help you with this morning. The only way that that is transformed is when we sit before the Father and we allow Him to speak identity over us every day of our life. Because if not, there's a world out there that is screaming at you constantly to give you identity. 
People ask me, so why do we need to do devotions or quiet time? Why do I need to be in the Word every day? It's not so that you can get a spiritual discipline in your life. It is a spiritual discipline, but that's not why you need it. You need it because we have to live out of the identity of who Christ says that we are, not who the world says that we are. If we live out of our identity of who Christ says we are, can I just tell you your marriage will be better? Your kids will be healthier? Your workspace, even if it's miserable to you, you'll have a different perspective going into that. And God will be able to do something extraordinary there in you through that. All the things that we wrestle with in life, if we can live out of our identity in Christ, we find purpose in them. If we live out of our identity in the world, here's what we find. We're victims. We're complaining. We're frustrated. We're angry. We're fearful. All of these things, right, that Christ never said that we were. And so understanding our true identity, Paul's bringing us into this place and he's saying, listen, you've you got to get this truth settled in your heart that in Christ we are different than we were when we were out of Him. Are you guys with me this morning? In Christ, when we are identified in Christ, when we put our faith and belief in Him, we are different people than we once were. I know we have a lot of other spaces in Scripture that remind us that, but I just want to remind you today, you're a new creation in Christ. You're not a new creation because you come to church. Church is a wonderful place. It's important for us to gather together. There's beautiful things that God does in these moments. But that's, that's not why you're a new creation. You're a new creation because Christ did a finished work for you and I that we are learning every day how to live in. That's why we need to go sit with Him and spend time. Because He leads us into who He's called us to be. We live in a time in history where there's a lot of religious activity taking place. The church of Ephesus was wrestling with that as well. Remember, Zach talked with us about it, and I share with you a little bit. This, this city that they were in, this region that they were in, was very religious with all kinds of different kinds of religions. And we live in that same kind of setting in the world that we're in today. Lots of religious things going on around us, but listen, no power in it. No power in it. As we think about this in our lives... The, the most clear passage of Scripture, I think, that, that I, I've found in the entirety of the Bible that describes the time in which we live is in 2 Timothy chapter 3. I want you to turn there with me today, and then we're going to wrap up with this. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This is a powerful letter that Paul's writing to one of his disciples, one of his sons, and here's what he says. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. This is what always surprises me about Christians when they're like, man, this is hard. Why is this so hard? Um, because we're in a war. No joke. We're in a war over your life, over your family, over your purpose, over destiny, over all the people that are in your workplace or school. There's a warfare going around over the souls of humanity. Paul says to Timothy, hey, I want you to be surprised about this. You are living in very difficult times. And he's speaking really to us in the last days. Now, everybody wants to say these are the last days. I'm not getting up here to, to get into the book of Revelations yet. We could do that, but we don't have time today. But what I am telling you is that everything that surrounds us in this world defines this moment right here, these last days. 
And the promise is not that they would be fun, but they would be difficult. So church, we need to take the Word of God on and say, okay, these are going to be difficult times. That doesn't mean we have to walk around moping. It just simply means there's going to be a challenge to what we're doing. Amen? You with me? This is why Paul was warning him and says, he goes on to say, for people will love only themselves and their money. Now listen, I just want you to read this and listen to this out of the perspective and think about the world that we live in today. Like just unbiasedly, if you can even do that, unbiasedly, just, just listen to these words. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing or making fun of God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They can be whatever they want. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from these people. I want you to think about those words that we just read through this morning. These words were written almost 2,000 years ago. And they were declarative words about what it was the culture was going to be like in the last days. I don't know that you could write a more descriptive explanation of the world that we live in today. From everything. I love how it covers everything from money to kids and how they treat their parents to people how they interact with each other. It's almost like they knew social media existed. You with me? Like, think about it. Like, think about just some of the words that were described here, that they're going to be unforgiving. They'll slander others. They have no self-control. Like, if you spend any time in the social media space, could anything describe that atmosphere more than that right there? World, this is the world that we live in today. And they capped it off by saying they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. This is my fear for the American church. That we do a lot of really religious things. A lot of things that look churchy. A lot of things that might even look godly. But we deny the power of God that is at work in us to transform us, to make us godly. Do you know what godly means? To be godlike. To, to reflect Him in our image and, and how we live and the words that we say and where our money goes and how we parent our children and how we love our spouses and what we do with the resources that we have in our life. That's what it's talking about here. So we have lots of religious people that go to church and feel good about that, but they're not actually living lives that reflect godliness. They're not being transformed in the image of Christ. They're not listening to me. They're not living in their true identity. You actually go to that word in the Greek there where it talks about godliness. Here's what it says. This is the Greek meaning of it. One's true self as designed by God. Are you with me this morning? People refuse to live in the power that can make them godly, in the design that God had made them, but they're comfortable with doing religious activities. Come on, church. God's inviting us to live in the identity that Jesus purchased for us through the cross. And the beautiful thing is, 
He's not asking us to do that through our own ability. He deposited the Holy Spirit in you and I so that we don't deny the power, but we live in the power of the Holy Spirit that's at work in us to change us into the image of Christ, which is godliness being lived out from our lives. Now, I want to be clear this morning. None of us will live out of that perfectly. But every day as we go before the Father, here's the beautiful thing that He does, is He gives us some instruction on how do we approach today, Lord? Well, what do you want to do in my life today? God, what do you want to do in the people that are around me? God, what about my identity that I'm living out of today is false? Lord, how do I live in true identity in you so that, listen, that the power of God can work through our lives? Here's my prayer for this morning. I think there's way too many of us that are living under our own strength and our own power. Instead of tapping into this incredible gift, this beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit, that is there to help us to live godly lives. It's exhausting to try and do it on your own strength. I've tried. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, about ruined my life. But when we learn how to live out of the Holy Spirit's strength in us, when we learn how to come before God and say, God, I, I don't know what to do. God, I need your direction and instruction. The Lord's like, yeah, now we got something to work with, right? Because then his glory, which is what this is taught, can be revealed through our lives, amen? When we're wrestling with a difficult diagnosis in our family, when there's something going on financially in our lives and we're sitting here trying to work it out in our minds and figure it out or we get upset at God or we're not sure what to do in those moments, can I tell you, those are the perfect moments for us to go to God and say, God, I need your Holy Spirit in me right now because I don't have the understanding, the intellect, the capability. God, I just don't have what it takes. And you know what the beautiful thing is? Is God looks at us and says, yeah, I didn't create you to have that. That's, that's why I'm here. He wants us just to learn how to live in Christ. I want to take some weight off of us this morning. We don't do our devotions and prayer because they're what we do to earn God's love in our life. We engage in devotion and relationship with the Father because He's teaching us about our true identity in Him. And then He's empowering us through His Holy Spirit to go live out in this crazy world that we're in. Can I tell you, that would actually bring some hope to the people that surround you in your life. Us just struggling to do religious things, can I help you this morning, does not help your unsaved neighbor go, oh, I want to be like them. That looks fun. Let's try that on. No. But when we learn how to live in the freedom that Paul was saying was purchased for us, come on, church. That's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's inviting people into the freedom that we have in Christ to live in Him, to walk in the authority that He's given, and for our hearts to be free in Him. There's way too many of us that are bogged down. We're heavy. We're way, carrying way too much of the load. And the Holy Spirit is inviting us today, hey, come and learn to live in me. Amen? such a gift from God to us. And it's what invites us into the joy, listen to me, the joy of this journey that we're in. This is why Jesus said, hey, I've got a joy for you that you, could, you don't even understand. I've got a joy for you to live in that the world cannot give you, nor can it take away. Well, how does that work? We live in Christ. Our identity is found in Him, not in what the world says that we are. If the world's defining you, then that it will be what you find your joy in. And when that doesn't work out, then you'll be bummed out. 
sad, depressed, all that. But if your identity is found in who God says you are, no matter what happens to us in this world, it doesn't get to sway us. Amen? Come on, I hope you're feeling some hope this morning. This is what Paul is trying to speak to the church of Ephesus. But more importantly, I told you this earlier, this is what the Holy Spirit's trying to speak to us as a church family. And we have got to find our identity in Christ. Amen? And when we live out of that place, oh, giddy up. Can you imagine what your workplace would be like? Can you imagine what your home life might look like? Can you imagine the effectiveness of the church, the body of Christ, when we're not living out of the brokenness of the world, but we're living out of our true identity in Christ? Come on, church, that's the journey that we're on this summer. We're just going to take it one week at a time, one passage at a time. I would encourage you this week, I'm going to challenge you, go back and read through this. And just put your heart before God and say, God, what do you want to speak to me about this today? What, what do you want to develop in my heart? Amen. Let me pray over us, and then we're going to close our time together. God, we thank you, man, just for the beauty of your word to us. God, today, your word has truly been life to us, Lord. God, I'm asking that you would come and that you would cause it to not just be something that we heard today, God. But Lord, something that comes in and transforms our lives, the way that we think and the way that we live. Holy Spirit, we just acknowledge you live in us. You are empowering us. So we have everything that we need to conquer everything in our lives. Fears, doubts, anger, struggles, addictions, all of those things must submit to you, Jesus, because it's all been put under your authority. Lord Jesus, we are in you. Lord, we stand in the authority that you called us to today as children of God. Lord, we thank you for it. God, would you lead us into this week, Lord, as we grow in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to this message from River Valley Church. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by it? Make sure to share it with them this week. Again, for more content from us, please check out our website at rivervalleyboise.com.